Welcome to this week's Williams and Bloom podcast. Uh, we are recording on a Monday morning, late Monday morning. Apologize for not having it up on Sunday. I did a little traveling over the last week, had airport delays, and uh, yeah, all that stuff. It was tough getting back on Sunday, but I'm back and I'm uh, ready to go. Bloom will join me here in a minute. Before we do so, I want to thank our friends at the MacDyne Corporation for sponsoring the Williams and Bloom podcast. We tell you about it all the time. And I know that this pandemic has got people thinking about their lives, what they want to be doing. Do you enjoy the career that you're in? Uh, maybe you do. Maybe you hate it. Maybe it's time for a change. You should go to MacDyne.com, click on their careers tab, go to uh, job listings. And I'd encourage you to check them all out. Uh, this is a massive company that is worldwide. They are based out of Marshalltown, Iowa, with a couple of great Iowa staters who came up with this great benefits. And uh, the thing I love about their homepage, it says we are teammates, not employees. That's how they treat you at Mechdyne. Uh Again, great Iowa Staters created this company, and they're always looking for Iowa Staters. Maybe you're not an Iowa Stater. Maybe you're just a Cyclone fan. You should go to MacDyne.com and check it out today. I also want to thank our friends at Gravitate Coworking, and uh, you should go to GravitateCoworking.com. Uh, we talk about this a lot as well. And I, I, I could not mean this more. I got to get out of my damn house. That's why I went to Colorado last week. And um, things are coming around. Uh, I read a, read a piece about the vaccines today. We are going to get out of this. And a lot of people are going to be told, oh, maybe your commercial real estate <laughs> isn't going to be open anymore. These co-working spots, I believe, are a huge thing of the future. Go to GravitateCoworking.com. Check out the membership options, the meeting spaces, and all of their locations in the greater Des Moines area, and also now in Cedar Falls. And with that, let's talk some cyclones. Bloom's going to come in, and let's let's hear from our friends English. All right. What's up, Bloom? Welcome. I... I live six houses down from you, and I drove over here. <laughs> it's so, it is so, so cold. damn cold. What are we doing here? I've been in the Rockies. This is fascinating. What was the I, weather in the Rockies? Well, so I was about... The cabin I stayed in was literally in the middle of nowhere. Good for you. And it was about 13,000, 14,000 elevation where I stayed. And significantly colder here which if you know anything about like mountain regions that's that's not entirely surprising um but but it really hit me yesterday so it was like six okay in denver when we left much colder in denver than in the mountains huh. and which is fascinating like that you can be that high and it's right. it's not nearly as cold it was cold yeah but it was sure. like 10 11 like it wasn't bad not negatives it's just, it's so fascinating. So we're driving from Denver. This is on Thursday. We're driving from Denver to, um, it would have been west of Brackenridge, like in the middle of nowhere okay. is where we stayed. And I wanted to get as far away from human beings as possible was my goal. It I like didn't you. want to see another human unless I seeked out the other human was my goal. Got it. And so we stopped in this town on the way. It's like on the way to Breckenridge. And it's this town called Idaho Springs. It's an I'm sure you've seen it on yeah, your way there. Yep. It's all right off of four seventy. Yeah. It's this old mining town. Yep. And there was a brewery there 
that I wanted to go and check out that, and that's, so we grabbed some lunch there and we get out of the Jeep. We rented the Wrangler, which was awesome. And it was like 50 degrees. Really? So we left Denver. It was like 10. It's like 50 in this Idaho Springs. And then we, you know, the tunnel that you drive into that mountain on the way to Breckenridge. Yep. And then it's like, it drops to like 11. It's It's just the climate in these mountains. I get it. Like there's all this science behind it. It's just wild. Interesting. That's a, just the drive itself is interesting going Mm. that direction. Very much. Yeah. So different than here. Then you get here and it's. And the one thing too. Stupid. I didn't anticipate how much living at that altitude for three days would impact me. Just from a shortness of I mean, breath I've, or a yeah, lightheaded yeah. type of thing? I've stayed in Denver before, right. and even Estes Park. Right, but you're not 10, 11,000 feet. What is Estes Park, Colorado? Elevation? Yeah. Well, Pike's Peak is, what, 14.5? Like, that's... Yeah, you probably so, weren't that high. I mean, you were probably close to that. No, we were probably closer to 12 then, if okay. that's what Pike's yeah. Peak is. Yeah. Yeah, so Estes Park is 7,500. And I know we were in the, we were definitely the above tens. 10. I, I bet we were closer to 12. So if Pikes Peak's 14, we weren't that. Yeah. High. But we were basically like on the way up, up, you know? Yep. Well, that's good that you I mean. But I had to get away. Well, I, was, I think I had this to. is the thing is Losing it's my, not, it's mind. not, it's not just the basketball season. No. But it's the, God, it's no. the pandemic that continues coupled with miserable weather. Like I, I think people are just. They're over it, whatever it is. I would agree. Um, but I'm glad you got the chance to do that. Appreciate everybody covering for me. I kind of just left abruptly last week. It wasn't a planned trip. Uh, so Stans, uh, Jacqueline, you, uh, Rob, just everybody, we appreciate that. Uh, to our premium subscribers, you didn't get what you pay for last week. I'll make it up to, to you. Uh, I promise. Uh, we're going to do the, do the show today. I'm, you know, I got to be honest. Thursday night, I watched the first half. My wife was asleep. Sure. Because we're so exhausted from this baby that doesn't sleep. Yep. Um, And I was... Two of my favorite Iowa State experiences, um, one of them was the the Cyhawk game, uh, the Wigginton freshman year that that we won. Yep. I... My wife was at a... um, You know, the veterinarians, they have these national, like, conferences... We're, so we were in San Diego that year, and the wife was at class. And remember, I'm on the West Coast, so You're it was like a 6.30 start or yep. something. So it was like a 4.30 on a Thursday night or a Friday. What I think it was a Friday, actually. Whatever. Yeah. Um, and I got this entire happy hour crowd at some <laughs> beachside dive bar. It's just me. <laughs> and Rallying I, around I, the clones. And I got all these like young college co-eds just cheering like crazy for the clones. And I'm buying them drinks. And, and it was one of my... That's be, great. It was the best because they had they just thought I was just an Iowa State fan. Yeah. You know, like it was it was, it was was amazing. I think I ran up like a $200 tab, but it was, it was totally horrible. worth it. It was yeah. one of my favorite That's life cool. experiences. And then like that Ashley's crew, the other Iowans like showed up later and I'm friends with all these people. Like, what have you done, Williams? Um, and then I really enjoy, I'm sitting in the middle of nowhere and you you have cable, right? Or internet. No. So we had to do the Apple TV. Okay. Um, and you're going to be proud of me because I figured it out. Figured it. (laughs) Yeah. Out of way. It was difficult for a while, but I figured it off your phone then or your iPad. 
No, they had an Apple TV well, they thing didn't have an Apple TV set up, okay. and it's really kind of slick. Did you know that if you turn on like a video on your iPad, it'll communicate with that thing? Yeah. And then it'll put it up on the TV? Yeah. Yeah. It was Air, unbelievable. Airplay. Yeah. yeah. It was unreal. Yeah. Um, but I sat there, and I, on the way up, I picked up like a couple of six packs of like really good Colorado craft beer, and I just sat there and... Just had a game. beer and like it's snowing all around me. It's pitch dark in this cabin. I have my phone off and I just enjoyed the game. Um, Iowa State didn't win. Obviously, the second half got really out of hand, really brutal. However, um, it made me appreciate just how much I enjoy Iowa State, though. Even absolutely, even despite the loss, it was like, all right, they're oh and whatever. But I'm still like. I'm still excited to watch the Cyclones whenever they play. You know what I mean? And that's kind of the theme of the conversation I wanted to have today after a getaway of, I got away from all the Twitter noise. I haven't been on the message board, you know, and it's healthy. You can be over overwhelming, especially in a year like this where everybody's on edge to begin with. And I think we've kind of reached the point where it's just like, can we just get to the finish line? You know, it doesn't help to regurgitate the same topics over and over and over. Yeah. So I think you having that reset like that, I think that's probably what a lot of us need to do is just like step back for a little bit, mm-hmm. um, understand what what it is, what the situation is, but then also know you have people in charge whose job it is to make a decision here that will make the decision. Correct. And and what what good does it do for us to grouse over and over of you know? Well, I mean, bringing up the same painful topics. Yeah, they turn the ball over a lot. <laughs> yeah, they they turn the ball over a lot. They don't rebound very well. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, you They're, can go through you can go through all the things, but also note that people are paying attention that need to be paying attention. What we've said all along. And I mean, if you look forward to, I mean, there's just not much hope with the schedule and all that. So, like, I don't know. I just, I kind of wanted to share that. That's um, good. And I, I mean. This is a Jamie Pollard deal. Like there, and another thing too, Ross and I talk about this on our radio show all the time, is that we like the information we have is such a small amount, right? Like yes. we we just don't have like data and like the the stuff that the athletic department has, right? As far as finances and yeah, like we don't know. We can we can make a guesstimate just based on, but they they have all that stuff. They're making a much more informed decision than. Anybody else? Yes. So, I mean, my point being, of course, we're going to talk about important topics with Iowa State. That's what we do. I thought we talked about this well last week about where we come from. Um, But I'm also like, does it make sense at this point to throw up a Twitter poll to be like, you know, because it's just toxic. We know what fans are going to, you know what I mean? Correct. I I, I I agree. How do you choose? Because the next few months, the next month is going to be tough. Even if they would win, like, let's say if they would win two games, which would be a huge win based off of who they're playing, they're going to beat somebody good if that's the case. It's it's still not going to change the overall tone. So, I mean, how do we want to it's a approach lot, that? It's a lot like you're in late October before a presidential election. Like, there's not many undecideds right now. People people have their opinion of what should happen next year, and they're going to stick to that. And then they will bring up, Chris, every single point that backs up their Correct. their side. 
And there's one side that, if at least on social media, is overwhelmingly the yeah. thought. I don't honestly know, though, if that's the general, if you just... Yeah, my, people not on Twitter with the thought is. However, my side is Iowa State. Yeah, like I'm I'm on Iowa State's you side. Just sometimes it's nice to just back away and say, "All right, look at the big picture here." Iowa State has been in far worse situations in a, as an athletic department and gotten through it. Iowa State will get through whatever happens here, you know, whether a coaching change is made or not, um, and just saying the same talking points over and over. And every time Iowa State loses. And you know, you, you say, Oh, okay, well that that's the that's the that's the turning point for me. It's like I I don't think we're at that point. It's it's really just look at the big picture, understand that when the season ends on March, whatever that is, fourteenth, it'll be evaluated and a decision will be made. Well said. That's kinda where I'm at. I mean because again, like do you and I would say this to our listeners, do you want us to go through and break down the X's and O's from Saturday's game? And I did watch Saturday's game a lot closer. Sure. And, I mean, that was an ugly basketball. They competed. There's no doubt. I thought what Steve said afterwards was true. And, like, I, and I've been pointing this out for a while. It would be easy to lose this team with all that has happened. They, he hasn't. They're just not very good. Yeah. And, and one thing that I think we're going to run into here in the next month, and you'll – the Steve's in a really tough spot, and so are the players – because you're now starting to see it bubble up more of, you know, the registers had three different articles in the last three days about, you know, is Steve Prohm's job in jeopardy. He's going to get asked more about it, and so are the players. And this is one thing that I thought was really interesting after the the game on Thursday, and Jalen Coleman-Lenz comes out and says, you know, I don't think we played enough with energy or effort. And it's, it's this thing where a lot of times players when they don't have an answer that's the go-to phrase like if you if you follow the NBA at all that'll be the most common refrain after a loss oh we just didn't play with enough energy or effort sometimes there's nothing they don't know what to say and so that's kind of the default response and so you you saw a little bit of Saturday where Prome comes out and says you know I don't care about wins and losses or I don't know the exact quote but you know I thought our guys are competing and, and that's that's all I'm I'm proud of that right now I mean, there's only so much he can say right now. He's not a guy that's going to throw his team under the bus. No, he's not a guy that's going to go out there and say, "Oh, nope, that's it. We just there's nothing else we can do now." He's going to. It's not going to compare Roger Bolton to Monte Morris. No, he's he's just going to. He's a positive, genuine person that's going to keep trying to push these guys and try and reinforce the positive in the media. He's. I mean, there's only so much he can say here, right? So I think if you nitpick everything he says in the post game presser after he just lost again. That doesn't isn't really helpful either. Of oh, well, I guess you know Steve Prohm doesn't understand what world it is. He completely understands. He's just trying not to be, you know, just destroy his team in the media as well. They're having enough <laughs> a hard enough time. Yeah, yeah. No, that that's well said, and and I completely agree with that. So I think I mean you can nitpick everything from here on out. I just don't think that's the healthiest thing to do. And so we'll just you know three games this week. It's interesting. Worth noting by the way, the game Tuesday. Is a three o'clock start. Dude, that snuck up on yeah, me. Yeah, I I looked at that time. Oh, so I was in the Denver airport yesterday trying to piece what my schedule might look like, and I was like, "Whoa, Tuesday that, at three. Which uh, I can't remember the last well, time I was had a Tuesday. Is, at is three this a game. COVID makeup game, or is I don't I don't know. I don't. I think it's Thursday's all kind of, a COVID makeup game. It's all jumbled together. When were they supposed to go to Oklahoma State? I don't even remember. Yeah, I don't it. 
frankly, it doesn't matter. But three. So Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday again. So it's Oklahoma State. Who do they play Thursday? That's <laughs> a mess. Oh, hold on. I'll pull it up. I know Baylor's that it's, in there. I know it's Oklahoma at home. Oklahoma at home on, Thursday. On, no, that's Saturday. Is that Saturday? That's Saturday at five. Because I think I might try and I haven't been to a game all year. I might. Oh, Texas. Texas. That's right. Texas is the one that I thought was winnable. Yeah, couldn't they I beat Texas? They could beat Texas. They, sure. I feel like they could beat Texas and Oklahoma potentially, mm-hmm. but I also thought that I thought that they could have won two out of three last week. That, right. in my opinion, the TCU game is the worst loss of the year, just in the sense of like the way it went down. Yeah, I yeah. mean they were better than them for thirty-eight minutes. Yep, and you wonder if you get that one, maybe you feel better going in. And I almost think that the you know the most influential loss to me was. December 18th at West Virginia, if they win that game after losing to K-State and being humiliated by Iowa, you know, then you feel like you got a shot. Um, Chicago State gets canceled, but you win that one, and you could have had a three-game win streak going into Baylor. Yeah. But what are we doing? We're just litigating stuff that you can't control. But But, but, And again, this week, it could could be a long week again. Uh, Cunningham's really good for Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's going to make the tournament. Weird situation there, by the way. They're in an appeal because of the sanctions from you know a couple of years ago in that yeah NCAA case. But they're going to appeal. The appeal's going on long enough that they'll probably be able to make the tournament. Which I think that's a way to get Kate Cunningham into the tournament as well. And I understand the business, but um, that'll I think they're. They're really good. I mean, that's a nice young roster. Cunningham's not going to stay, but I think they've got some nice pieces going forward. So again, point is, it's hard. This this league is really tough right now, and that's why you wanted to get that game at TCU when they were missing their best players because there's just you know outside of TCU and K State, it's it's just tough sledding. Um, Oklahoma State game is a Big Twelve now ESPN Plus. They still don't have TV listed for Thursday. I'm sure it's out there, but on Cyclones.com, it's not listed. It is a 6 o'clock start, and then Oklahoma is an ESPN2 game on Saturday. Um, real quick on the women, good bounce-back win against TCU. We kind of thought a week ago that Oklahoma could be a problem. And yeah. um, Oklahoma, that was last week, right? That I'm was. sorry, my weeks. No, that was on uh, Tuesday night. Yeah, Oklahoma kind of <laughs> snuck up on them. That they always play Iowa State well, um, despite the record. It doesn't matter. Those are always good, close games. And the women, they, you know, they showed their youth. I yeah, thought in that game, the they, they didn't the shoot the ball well. But man, um, the then yesterday's game, or excuse me, Saturday's game. Donarski goes off and has a career high um, following up the Emily Ryan uh, from a week before. I just don't know how you can't watch this team and be just ecstatic about the future when they're playing well, Brent. Like when they're, when they're at the top of their game, they're, they're a top 15 team. No question. Um, but the, you just have a lot of youth and to get that every night is a challenge. I think Bill's doing a good job with it, but um you like to see him bounce back after the Oklahoma win and, and handling TCU and one of the best players in the conference. Yeah, it was. Donarski's really good. First She's time, good, man. She's career, so good. Career high for a freshman at Iowa, or a record for a freshman at Iowa State in a game. Really? Carlton Which never is, scored 32. Jones never scored yeah. 32. Welly never scored. I mean, you can go on and on and on. If you guys want to have fun, too, go back and watch um, our Brent Bloom and watch one of the replays from the games in like December. 
Oh. And just like how confident those freshmen look now compared to then. And they were confident then. That was one of my favorite things about this group is they were never shy. Like you never felt like the moment was too big. But just watching just all three mental. of those freshmen now and how the game they've caught up to the speed of the game, it's it's fun. I I think I mean Denarski from a physical tools standpoint She's a different position than Carlton because Carlton was more of a, you know, a, a small four, like a, you know, she could play more in the post and Donarski won't ever play in the post. But just from a pure mechanics, two guard, pure score, um, she's special. She's about as good as I've seen at Iowa State. I mean, it, it, the fundamentals are awesome there. She's going to be a 45% three point shooter. She's going to put up a bunch of points. And it, it just complements Ashley Jones really well, too. Is, I mean, Ashley doesn't score in the first half Saturday, Chris, and ends up with, like, 22 in the second. Like, she just gets her work in. Mm-hmm. But I think Donarski has a chance to be an all-timer at Iowa State. She's that good and still getting better. And, you know, she's got a relationship. It's kind of cool with some of the Iowa State people from, from years past. So, I mean, they Matt told Matt Thomas us, specifically, yeah. yeah. So, Matt Thomas. So, Lexi, credit to her family, has a gym in her basement. Um, and Thomas is also from lacrosse, would go over and shoot in the Donarski's basement. And so Matt got up a bunch of jump shots, and there's a reason why Donarski wears 21 and has just a... She's a Matt Thomas Yeah, disciple. she really is, and she, her, her mechanics are just so good that she'll be a, I mean... And then her dad is good friends with TJ, TJ Otzelberger, yep. who recruited Matt Thomas to Iowa State, so there's a long... Yep, and then Scott... Scott Christofferson's also from lacrosse, yeah. and there's so, some connection there at, at Aquinas. So, so she grew up, when she was little, she had all these reasons to watch the Cyclones. And it's cool because it's like, no, she's she's not from down the street in Des Moines or anything, but she's as Cyclone as they come. Right. They're just – and she uh, – when the time And then she's Fearbox done, Grandpa, too. Yep, he played on the final – There's a lot of lineage with it, these groups. But I think, I think Donarski – you know, Jones is going to get close to the all-time Iowa State record for points – and then I think, you know, it, it might be tough for Donarski to catch her, but I, if she's going to have a chance if she she is as good as I think she is. Because not only is she shooting the ball, and she's always going to be a three-point shooter, but she's starting to, to drive it and score as well. So I just I, – I have a blast watching them right now. And then and Ryan's such a good table setter. I think – I don't know what the ceiling is for this year's club, but it's uh, they are a blast to watch. Looking forward to watching them in the NCAA tournament. Do we know what the women are doing? Are they doing the bubble too? They are down in San Antonio. Okay, that'll be good. So they're they're basically in the tournament now. I mean, I think their net yeah, ranking this not. morning was like twenty seven or twenty eight. So they'll, they're they're going to get in. How about this? In twenty six years under Bill Fenley, Iowa State is now guaranteed to be five hundred or better in the best conference, which is the Big Twelve in women's basketball. In nineteen of those years, wow. So just. Consistency. He's had a couple down years, but again, always, always thing I, gets him back. Thing I admire about Bill and is is I think that he's a better coach now too. Like I think that he's evolved in the sense of, you know, I I think the hardest part for him was that today's athlete was very different than the one when he started. Right. They used to just play zone defense. Yeah, and he's just Can't had do to do that anymore. And I think he's evolved. I think he's a great story, just of like leadership in general and how. I mean, he's always been great X's and O's and all that stuff, but just, I don't know. Like, I I feel like that team a couple years ago really invigorated him, and 
it seems like he's enjoying coaching more than ever. Yep. And well, it, I, I don't want to speak for him, but that's what it seems like watching. We had that great podcast with him before the year yes. where he said, absolutely. He's like, I was miserable there for a couple of years, but I mm-hmm. just, I'm just loving this team. And, you know, I, I, you start to wonder how many years does Bill have left, but Man, I mean, it doesn't, it, seem, it doesn't like. seem like it, there's anything on the horizon as, as much fun as that guy's having. Uh, thank God for our friends from Franklin Barbershop. Uh, because I need to get back in there. Same. I really noticed it this uh, this last week out in the Rocky. So I was basically like... Um, <laughs> the mountain man. I was basically like uh, Rocky Balboa in Rocky Four when he's out in Siberia or wherever training for the Drago fight. I was out there like chopping wood. Yeah, of course. That's and and the beard like gets frozen. And I was like, you know what I thought of at the time? I really need to go see Ryan or Hogan at the Franklin Barbershop or Chuck. Get this thing under control. It's out of control. Uh, 2701 Beaver Avenue. I want you to go to franklinbarbershop.com. You can book it right there. Super COVID-friendly area where it's just massively required, all that good stuff. Uh, you can get you just sign up for a beard trim if you want. You can get a haircut. You can get it all. I like the straight razor shave. We'll get there at once some point. I did that with my head once. Hogan did that for me. That was big time. Uh, but franklinbarbershop.com. That's where Bloom and I both go. I believe Stans is even going there these days. And you never know what kind of weird movie they may have on at the same time. We're also all getting fat during this pandemic. So you want to go to legacyfitnessankeny.com. Because this is the strategic message I would give to you. Don't be fat. <laughs> Legacy Fitness Iowa or legacyfitnessankeny.com. And you can see... Photographs of the state-of-the-art uh, weightlifting area and they, a beautiful pool for laps. Uh, they got Bloom's Golf Simulator. That's right. They got a sauna in there, an indoor track, all kinds of great stuff. And it's locally owned. And that's what we like to push here on the Williams and Bloom Sunday, this week, Monday podcast. So check them out at LegacyFitnessAnkeny.com. Uh, okay, a couple news and notes. Let's go to college football. Um, the, the, first of all, did you see Alex Golish, the former Matt Campbell? Yeah, um, he was on the ground floor of the Campbell era. Correct. He is a, um, really good guy. He's been on this podcast yep. a lot. Yep. He used to come on. He was the recruiting coordinator. Uh, he is now the offensive coordinator and tight ends coach at Tennessee. Went with Josh Heupel. He had recently been promoted See, he was like a co-offensive coordinator when he went there. Right. I remember that at UCF. Yes. And he's going to be the offensive coordinator at um, Tennessee. Wow. Which is a big job for him, uh, but I'm happy for him. I think he's a really bright guy. I think you look down the road and you're like, hey, in 10 years, who could be a head coach at Iowa State? Alex Golish is a really respected individual, and he's a guy I think that down the road could be in that conversation no question. long time down the road. He's only, well, Hopefully. he's our age. He's 36. He's a really good guy. He's got a guy. long runway ahead for his career. That's no a doubt. great, that, it is interesting how the SEC is basically now just embraced where the Big 12 was <laughs> 10 years ago. It is a With all, Let me look line. at their hires. Yeah. They so, literally have Leach. They have Hypo, who's an Oklahoma guy who brought it, who brought it there. I mean, they've got Lane Kiffin now, who's running up tempo. I mean, even Saban's running what he's got. It's, it's just like 
man, that at least that narrative's dead now. I think the bit, yeah. I mean, the Saban deal is the most telling. Like in any of these things, you go like to if back in the day, if it was the NBA, like what's Phil Jackson doing? What's Pat mm-hmm. Riley doing? Mm-hmm. You know, in college football, there's no greater like than Saban and um, and Dabo. And you know, you look at Dabo calling up John Haycock to come and talk that- defense, and you look at uh, now. Saban not only has taken the Big 12, I don't even like saying the Big 12. I mean, look over at my bookshelf, Bloom, all the books I have on old Texas 7-on-7 football and the the invention of the spread. It came from the high school ranks. Um, I know it's a crazy thing to endorse now, but there's the Bryles book, um, something Goliath, beating Goliath. Is if, if if you're just a football junkie, forget about all of his personal stuff. The football junkie, like the inception of seven on seven and Leech and um, Hal Mummy and yeah, uh, is it that is Mum or Mummy? Mummy, yeah, Mummy, yep. All the there's another one out there that I would recommend. Um, I, I could post these if anybody's interested. Let me know and I'll 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 get them to you. But the but the the that was so, mocked for so long. And Saban only he he hasn't only adopted it he has enhanced it, you know and and like it, it was always like okay how how can Baylor compete with Texas or Oklahoma right. and it was like well we don't have the athletes so we have to get creative well now you have the athletes and you're doing it and it's you it's unstoppable st- when you have Devonte Smith yeah he, he, you couldn't you couldn't stop him. It's you literally could not stop that guy. And I, and I would also point out, too, just my analysis of this, and I, I love quarterbacks. I think for a long time, you, I mean, you couldn't touch a leech quarterback for the NFL because it was a system thing. Well, now that system's in the NFL, which makes it so, like, Kyler Murray would have never been touched even 10 years ago. He's the first pick in the draft. Baker's doing it. Look at Patty Mahomes. I, I, I almost would go the other way now. Um, like, Mac Jones, that scares me. Like to yeah, that's that's terrifying to me because <laughs> right. for Mac Jones to run that system in Alabama is pretty easy because you can out athlete everybody on the field. You have the best offensive line. You have the brightest between Sark and Saban. You have the brightest coaches. Um, hmm. that system in the NFL needs a guy who can move a little bit, right? And it, is Mac Jones going to be that guy? I don't know. Like. It, I don't, Burrow yeah, seems like a no-brainer, um, so maybe Mac Jones should be that. I don't know, but it just Burrow is more athletic than Jones. Yes, do you see where I'm going with that? Totally. I, I almost think we have to rethink the quarterback thing now. Like that, you almost Jones would have been a no-brainer ten years ago. I don't know if he is right now. Interesting, right? And then am I overthinking? No, this? you're not. I mean, I think um, you know at the end of the day. Still in the NFL, you need a big arm to get into tight windows. Yes, like I, and that I, will never change. That'll never change because you're just you've got the, you're, the spaces are just so much smaller. However, with a guy like Murray and you know Mahomes to a lesser extent, if you can use your legs a little bit to keep plays alive, you can buy you know half a dozen plays per game. Where Jones won't be able to do that. I mean, Burrow is more athletic than Jones. I I I, I can sense that, and then. You know, look at look at Alabama this year. How many tight windows did Jones have to throw into? He's got a big arms. There's no question, but the guys are just wide open. I'd like to see the yards after 
catch stats too with those guys. I, I mean, and what's crazy is he lost the the guy who we thought was his best receiver at the time. Yeah, Waddle. Yeah, I mean, at the time, right? Yeah. Didn't we all think he was the guy? Yeah, and then Smith. Just, I mean, that was an incredible year for that guy. Yeah. So you know, in, interestingly, then you've got people like Campbell that are taking it back towards the oh. '80s. <laughs> It's fascinating. Or, I mean, look at look at Iowa State's time of possession in the last four games of the year. I mean, Set they just on the suck the life out. They did the the vampire mode. Yeah, and it almost won them the Oklahoma game. It is cyclical um, because now with you know, I, you assume Texas is going to go full blown that way. Um, Oklahoma kind of already they already are. It, it so like the the less fortunate programs, I'll put it that way, the less traditional powers who don't get the five-star talent, you almost have to go the other direction. Now we're, yeah. you're, you're zagging where they're zigging more back. In, it was just, it's just flipped. Yep. I'll be interested. Do you think we'll get more options? More, um, do you think we'll get more, like, but you, that was always kind of a thing. I remember when they hired Matt, I, I was always like. Get the triple option guy. Well, yeah. I always thought like, okay, like Paul Johnson, like is literally one everywhere he's gone. Where did the Navy guy go? Did you just get a job? Uh, I think he's still at Navy. Did he go to he? Navy? I thought maybe he was. No, you're right. He was flirting with. Um, well, he flirted with Iowa with, State with, last. And night. then he fl- flirted with Arizona recently. I always uh, kept waiting for him to jump. But I don't know. Jump. He may have interviewed at Iowa State. Well, no. I mean, if you'd go by the Pollard story, never mind. It was just Campbell. Campbell was. Uh, the he first was. Option. He was definitely high on the just like the prognosticators yeah. lists. I just wonder. See, football but, is such a trendy game. Like it, it'll, I don't know. But the run pass option basically does that and adds another dimension. Yeah. Like there's no need unless you're Navy or Army and you do not have those athletes at all. Yeah, and it's just a system thing every year because you just don't know who's coming back. Correct. Where the the, the RPO is, and I'm not, I don't know all the stuff, but if you run it right, it can't be stopped. You know, I mean, you, it just you've got so much out there. I'll be curious, you've seen a lot of people adopt the Haycock defense, but I think what makes that defense great is not just the base of it, it's the adjustments I would say can make out of it. Correct. You know, like, uh, it's one thing to have the form. Everybody can run the form, but it's then maneuvering, like Matt talked about, that was another good point of that podcast a couple weeks ago, of what they can do once they see it and then make adjustments. And that's what separates good coaches from great coaches is you see it, now what do you do? I can script 12 plays, and I can be good at those 12 plays. But what happens in the third and fourth quarter when, you know, push comes to shove? So yeah. that's where I would say it's so good. I, it, we, we should talk about it. The uh, <laughs> It feels like a month ago, but contract extended for Campbell this week. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and the interesting part of that, and the details weren't We totally, probably should have led with you know, that. But, but it just, I mean, just the news cycle. Uh, the, the interesting part to me was... We don't know exactly what Matt got from a pay raise, if anything. I'm sure he got something. But the investment in the assistant coaches. And it comes back to our conversation this whole time. Yeah. Matt will be here as long as people are taken care of and he's happy. And if he has Haycock and Manning and Myers and Shieldhouse and Tyson Veit and DK McDowell, all these guys are all together, there's no incentive for him to go anywhere. Now, if some of these guys start getting picked off, and he has to bring in new. I think that's when you start to okay, wonder about what the next move will be. Yeah, uh, look at look at the continuity again this year. It's incredible. Yeah, well, that's 
and I, I'm a guy too. I I tend to overthink things. What I read, like, okay, what are they leading with in the release? What is the athletic department trying to put across to the fans here? And that that's that was it. Yeah, the three million dollars for the staff and coaches. Yeah, and I, awesome. I go back to what we've talked about, but I I would guess we we kind of were assuming this would happen last week. I would guess that they will have two coordinators making over a million dollars a year. And and that is substantial. Yeah, they're gonna be I mean they if they're not there, I, they're gonna be real close. They're in the nine hundred. They're at nine hundred now. Yeah. I they so, have I'm just doing the math. Yeah, like I would guess that those two guys would get a good part good of the bump. three million chunk for sure. Yeah. They're definitely gonna be if not this year, they'll be over a million by next year, which is how about the investment in coaches at Iowa State from even no doubt. 10 years ago? Uh, elsewhere in college football, uh, you mentioned um, UCF with Hypo, Gus Malzahn. This is just being reported on Monday morning. Gus Malzahn to UCF. He'll kill it there. He will. He'll I, do better than Hypo did there. It's. I mean, if you're Tennessee, do you go, wait a second, should we have just looked at Malzahn instead? I mean, I... Tennessee just needs to get back to respectability. And but the problem is they Melzon's got a reputation. He does. And I felt like Tennessee needed to stay away from that based on how the last thing went down. Right. That last staff at Tennessee, like I'm not sure if I've ever seen a staff like look worse. Do you remember when they did that whole we're not going to take a pay cut thing during the pandemic? Yeah, and they got caught cheating, yeah, too. Like they didn't they, even cheat well. And they, that was just an unmitigated disaster. They uh, So they cleaned house. So Phil Fulmer's out of the picture now there. I mean, they just needed a hard reset, Tennessee. So do you know, they they hired the UCFAD. So that's why they hired Heupel. So yeah. they're just kind of keeping it in the family there. I, I think Heupel's good. Heupel has not shown one iota of wanting to invest on the defensive side. But I'm sure Tennessee will put up some points with Golish helping out there. I just, I don't know. I mean, Tennessee is in a, is a, in a Nebraska or Florida State situation where they're still living in the 90s. And they, they are just not anywhere close to the rest of those SEC powers. And if they want they, to try and play the same game, good they luck. Re, they remind me of, like, Old, like these old, like industrial, like companies that are just having a hard time, like, like General Electric, right? Like sure. the General Electric stock used to be like the one that, that had the most secure dividend. It, it was constant, you know what I mean? But they, these old stale companies have such a hard time evolving. Now, eventually they do, like specifically GE's kind of looks like they're about to break out of their, mm. sh- but like these, <laughs> does that make sense? Like the 90s, but the, Tennessee and Nebraska are the ones that can't figure out well, and they're, that direction. And it, in a way, okay, let's let's connect some dots here. You you have to still have a patient fan base, and those those places don't. And you know, I, I let me let me make this weird weird connection here. Is the Iowa State fan base getting more impatient in the last couple of years? Now, yes. well, I think it's natural. I think it's a natural thing once you start to win. Also, let me just connect it to basketball. Steve Prohm's in his sixth year, which is the longest tenured Iowa State coach since Johnny Orr. 
So I think you could also argue that Iowa State has been more than patient there too. But I think, again, patience has been lost in college sports. And what happens if you start to get in this cycle, and I'm not saying Iowa State basketball is, I'm just saying from a, from a Tennessee, Nebraska, Florida State. If you're giving these guys three years and you keep recycling, this is what happens. You can try to keep hit, hitting your save and trying to find the next save. And what ends up is 15 years down the road, look where Tennessee is. They're in the same spot they were in 2004. You know, they just haven't made any progress. In fact, they're worse off. So I think you have to have more patience since, than they've had because when these fan bases, you know, they get impatient and then, and then you're just setting back the clock another three years. And it's going to be hard. I think it's more of a football thing than basketball. Probably. Ba- I think basketball, one, you can turn around a little quicker. I, I, I think that basketball, so like if I were Pollard, and I, which I'm not, but I, I think a big thing going forward with whoever is going to coach basketball, if it's Steve Prom or if it's whoever else, how are you going to navigate transfers? And how are you going to navigate the, this is more of an athletic department NCAA thing, but like the, Name, image, and likeness? Yeah, yeah. like, isn't yeah. it going to change everything? Oh, for sure. I mean, we have a transfer thing in college basketball the last 10 years. Brent, it's going to be, I mean, this open season. This is going to be insane. Yeah, so, like, my, my thing would be, like, what is your plan to be ahead of this? Yeah, and I, it's a great point. And I, I don't know. This is where we just don't have enough data. Like, I, or I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the right way to attack that is other than the best thing I've heard, but I I don't think you can compare football to basketball because I know the cultures of both and they're vastly different. Yep. But Matt Campbell has a great answer to that. If your culture is good enough, then like that's the number one priority and then the guys won't want to leave. There's a lot more in basketball. There's just more going on. With AAU. Right. You, there's handlers. no there's no summer circuit for football. Which that used to be prior to COVID camps. That would be they're coming to your camp. campus and they're, you know, it's a recruiting thing, yeah. even though it's not. That's like interesting. Yeah, it's just, uh, and I think whatever athletic departments have a coordinated response to the name, image, and likeness situation, the more successful they will be. So I think Iowa State will be in a good good spot because everyone does pretty much row in the same direction. If you have your basketball program, you know, sending some guys this way for this, football for this. I, five years from now, I'm really interested to see how that impacts things. Of but you, you see what I'm saying yeah. though, like because even like like let's say that you're like, oh, let's let's give this another year. They decimated by COVID. It looks like they are playing better at the end of the year, despite you know that you've got this point guard coming in who everybody really loves. You yep. lost Xavier Foster, yep. the kid from Ole Miss. I could write a column that I think is pretty persuasive. You could. Either way. Yep. Um, but then I would ask, like, okay, well, you're going to lose some guys. Everybody is. Yeah. And, I, and I'll, I'll take that into this. Uh, this is breaking news. I don't – unless you saw this a couple days ago, which you may have. Remember the kid that we all salivated over going into the Fiesta Bowl? Tyler Shaw? Yeah, Shuck. Shuck. Sorry. Yep. The Yeah. He's transferring from Oregon. Yep. Think about it's, how that upends that program. Yep. Um, it's it's that so that that's another college football topic I had for you. Right, and uh, so he gets benched. Remember, in the middle of that game, maybe that had something to do with for the kid from uh, Boston College, 
But he's probably unhappy he's a about pretty that. good free agent right there. He is. And and how does that change Oregon? Like if you look at these preseason, again, this is what's fun about Iowa State football right now. This is a top this, ten. Program. This impacts Iowa State. It does like we're going to actually be launching a new thing on the website that Bloom and I are very excited about. We're going to kind of and we'll do a podcast talking about what we want to do with this. Mm-hmm. But Bloom and I are going to have a little blog section on the website that is about stuff that's more just than just the broad Iowa State topics that we cover. This would be a blog because this is a team, Oregon, who many believe is a top 10 to 15 team next year. Well, that's going to impact Iowa State. And this, how does this impact them? I don't know enough about their depth chart, but I'm guessing if I were to put together a preseason poll for next year, he's a big factor in me have in in assuming that he's going to continue because I like their coach. Yep. I I thought that he would be a guy who would continue to develop and be one of the better quarterbacks in the Pac-12 next year. Yep. And then, so where does Shuck go? What if he ends up at Texas? Does that change Texas? I mean, the kids from Arizona, who knows, you know, where he might end up. Yeah, so all these who else knows Pac-12 country, though? Steve Sarkeesian. Yep. I, and I don't know where, yeah, where the just, young man will end up, but it's just, uh, there is going to be so much movement that whoever your your head coach is, managing a roster is, is number one. Like, that... It all starts with that. I want a guy that can manage a roster. I don't, obviously, if I get in an endgame situation, I want a guy who can drop a play, too. I can hire that, right? Like, I, I can I can find a, a seasoned coach to help me out with some of those things. And honestly, I, I, I think one of the aspects going forward is, regardless if Prom's back or not, he's got to find that, that balance of where he doesn't feel like he has to do everything. Um, and, and But I think if you're looking at a staff, give me a guy that manages the roster and fill in everything else from there. Because at the end of the day, if you don't have the guys, none of this else matters. And with the constant movement that's going to happen in college basketball... It's never more important you, than now. You just got to have a relationship person. I just, you know, I think back to some of the guys that we've all just loved so much at Iowa State. Like, would Matt Thomas have stuck it out now? Sure. If it's so, remember his yeah. freshman year? Oh, miserable. His first two years. Yeah. Um, would Melvin Edgem, I mean, yep. have turned into the all, but I think I know Melvin pretty well. I think he probably would have knowing him. He was a guy who really was into school and all that. But like, I just think that the sport's going to change forever. It, and so what, it, whoever is the next coach, or if it's Steve, I would have the same conversation with Bill. Although I feel like in the women's game, it's, it's, a little bit different. it's much less prevalent because yeah. there's only a handful of the elite players that are really doing the high eight. There's not really handlers. High school coaches still very much matter in the in the women's game. But like, what's your plan with this? Yep. And yeah, uh, interesting because there's because uh, I've I've seen this is a football of, thing too. I mean, the guys are going to be like like is Sean Foster a guy who I think is critical. Uh, last year and going into next year, and he developed. Will he be as patient? And I'm not. Yeah. I just use Sean as an example because he, he, in my opinion, was a great development story for that staff to tell. Um, it's, ha- you're going to have to have more um, ability to get players in like this yep. transfer world that is about ready to Re- pop up. Recruiting and and retaining. Yes. I, so that's why I think I think it's interesting. You know, you see some of these names that get brought out of like, you know, so who who should be on a, a quote unquote short list? Should a change happen 
and you, you'll always hear, oh, you know, what about Beeline or, or Thad Mata or, you know, some of those older, uh, Thad's not that old, but he's older. Beeline's old. Beeline is old. And you'll see those, but at the same time, it's like this, this. Kelvin Sampson. Kelvin Sampson, yeah. He's one that gets tossed around. But this game is changing so much. It's going to, it's going to be radically different two years from now. That you cannot approach it like you did even five years ago. Totally agree. I mean, you, you're going to have to, it, because with the name, image, and likeness, with the just constant transfers, you just, you're going to have to have someone that is, is just basically a GM. To be the head coach, I mean, it's it, as simple as that. Now, sure, you can hire people that recruit well, and that might that'll help. But I, I just think I mean, it's, it's an really what Matt's doing with football now. Yeah, it's an interesting philosophy difference. Of it's going to be less and less about can I dial up a zone defense, and more what am I doing in the off season? As strange as that is, <clears throat> well, maybe I'm overthinking that, but I, I, I don't I, think I, so. I actually, think, I think this has been a pretty good conversation. Um. The last note that I had was just the conference football schedule. Yeah. Being released. Um, that was last week too, man. What a busy week. Iowa State opens. I actually, I mean, I to be honest with you, this was such a minor blip on my radar last week. I really didn't pay much attention to it, so I need to study it. Uh, but I'll read it to you and get your thoughts. Uh, Baylor at home. I'm going in chronological order. At Kansas, by. Uh, Kansas State at home, at Oklahoma State. Wait a second, I'm reading those wrong. Yeah, that was... Just... I'm reading them wrong. Baylor uh, in Waco yep. on the 25th. Yep. The second is Kansas at home. Yep. By week. At Kansas State, Oklahoma State at home, at West Virginia, Texas at home, at Tech, at Oklahoma, TCU at home on the 27th of... November, which is a Thanksgiving day, a Thanksgiving weekend game. I I actually kind of like the schedule. I, I see what the Big Twelve there they're they're trying to set Iowa State Oklahoma up. Well, so a couple this this raised some interesting conversation. I like this schedule. Okay, I I at first blush I did too. I like getting Texas and TCU in November names. That's great. Okay, I like the the way it sets up. Don't I you wish like the, the start? I w- yes, I wish the bye week was. A little later in the year, but that's just, you know, nitpicking at that point. It is interesting. But, I mean, this sets you up for a very realistic 5-6-0 and start, which is important I, if you're I, trying to make a playoff. I think there there is a chance, and maybe this is what the Big 12 is looking at, but let me get your thoughts. Iowa State and Oklahoma both undefeated into that game on the 20th. <laughs> and then it knocks the loser out. Right. And and so do you want to, I mean, in my, so obviously yeah. Texas and Oklahoma always, is always going to be that first weekend in October. You'd okay, rather get Oklahoma earlier. I just think if you're going to lose, I mean, you got to go down there. That's going to be a tough game. I know, obviously, it's going to have a chance, all that stuff. But if you, it, I, we're in an honest playoff conversation, okay? Like yeah. this is this is the year we're going into. This really should be its own podcast. Maybe we maybe do we that, save but, it for that. But yeah. I think uh, we, we should save it. But the point is, if you're undefeated, Oklahoma and Iowa State loser, it might be a knockout game because then you'll see him again two weeks later potentially. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I almost wish that game was earlier in the year. However, if I'm if I'm undefeated going into Oklahoma, sign me up. Yeah. I'm get crazy about it. But at the same time, I think it's an interesting conversation. What the SEC does so well <laughs> yeah. is they, 
they paved the pathway for the teams they think can get to the playoffs. Yeah, and then they're shameless about it. Yeah, too. like screw they're you, not, Missouri. <laughs> they're not. They're not having Alabama yeah. play Florida or whoever yeah. at the end of the year because they want to give them. Yeah, that's a good point. I. Has that been tossed around? Again, I haven't bit. read a thing. I, mean, again, I have not read a thing. That is really you got to get in the weeds for that. But I think it's it's something if you're if you're Oklahoma and you're Iowa State, go wait a minute here. You do have a brutal stretch there of because I mean if okay, okay Williams, who are the most physical teams? Kansas State that starts you off on the 16th. You're um, on the road there. Yep, after the bye. Um, where are some of the most difficult places to play? West Virginia. Yep. The they're road trip, better. and they're going to be better, and that's a weird place. Mm. Then you have Texas at home, which is going to be brutal, and then at Oklahoma, Oof. and then that's all in a stretch there. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, you better be damn healthy going into the 16th. No question. It's uh, no, I, That's why I thought this, this year advantaged Iowa State with the well, pod system, and there's would, no pod system. Wouldn't you rather, though – again, maybe we need to just – curb this so I can have more knowledge yeah. going into it. But like I would rather with Iowa State's past sure ease into the schedule. Sure. And they this this does it. Because Campbell's teams are better in October and November than they are in September. I it's uh they just are and hopefully that September thing is reversed this year. I believe it will. But I, I would rather have Baylor Kansas on the twenty fifth and the second than Oklahoma um at West Virginia. Virginia. I fair enough. We should we should have a longer form maybe we, next week. We'll do that. But we'll, uh, yeah, we'll do that next it's, week. It's it's fun to talk talk about because it sets up. I mean, you're looking at that game on the 20th of Oklahoma. That's showdown. That's probably game day. That's the yeah. whole nine, the whole kit and caboodle. Probably have to do a land jet there. <laughs> That's a land jet move, right? We only pull out the land jet for <laughs> just the for big, the big ones. That's just for the big ones. ones. I feel like we're gonna have to call up. Um, Call up our friends at Landjet, yeah, Sean right. and the guys. Yeah, maybe get them re- get the fleet ready. Yeah, no doubt. All right, Bloom. Oh, well, thank you for everything this last week. I appreciate you more than you know. Bloom kind of helped um, smooth waters while I was gone. And uh, next next time, maybe you can go out and you can live off the land with me out. And I was je- I'm, honestly, I was kind of jealous. You it, did, dude, it. So, I think I think it's probably a good reminder for all of us here <sighs> that even a Maybe you'll think differently. Even a couple of days is just oh. mentally healthy for everybody. Yeah, I mean, you know what Ashley and I did on Saturday? This is so lame. But we played Monopoly for probably like 10 hours. <laughs> I and agree. Then, That's kind of... So we played the board game. You'll love this. This is the most Chris and Brent, like, where you're rolling your eyes at me conversation ever. Did you bring it with? Or was no, it, it was the there. Okay. It was just in the cabin. It was it's just good. sitting there. So I'm like, oh, let's do this. And, I mean, it was snowing hard. Like, I bet There's we got... nothing else really to do. I probably. bet we got 10 inches of snow where we were at wow. on Saturday. So it's an Airbnb. You'll love this, too. We're sitting there playing Monopoly, and all of a sudden, this random, like... He looked like the West Virginia Mountaineer. Oh, no. Walks up to the deck and is, like, shoveling it. So I'm oh, assuming like that works for the yeah like okay. the property probably, company or whatever probably would have been terrified. <laughs> Ashley's like you should tip him. I'm like I'm not tipping him. We're already paying a two hundred and thirty dollars service fee. Not giving that guy anything, he's getting paid. Um, Do you so we're we're playing Monopoly, which is a very complex game for the younger audience. Probably hasn't even played it before. 
it can take days to yeah that's a- and then i'm like we got done and i and i was like you know what i bet there's an app for this <laughs> have you ever played monopoly on your ipad no it's a it's unbelievable it's it. so much better like because you don't have to like remember all the complex rules and like <laughs> if you have it's to like automated. mortgage properties it just does it for you it's fantastic, uh, and I was—I actually told her I was like, "We need to do like get the blooms to play like a giant game of Risk on our iPads." Or yeah, you forget about man. It's so much did better. Did you, I lost did, the first game? I won the second. Okay. Were you? Did you have a couple of beverages while you're doing this? Yes. Yeah. Man, I actually on Saturday, um, we did the highlight of my trip as far as the, really the only place we went out to. By the way, Colorado, you. The COVID stuff there, like you, you really can't do anything. Yeah, it's very tight, right? Like it, you're it, the whole place is everything's twenty five percent occupancy. Yeah. Um, the second half of the remember I told you I watched the first half. Yeah, the second half we were going to the grocery store because we 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 just bought food and cooked out there. Yep. And the I I was like, can we on our way to the grocery store? Let's just grab a beer at a restaurant and watch the second half because the yep. game was on ESPN. It's on all the TV. Yep. They would not let us into a bar unless we were buying food. Oh. Like, yeah. they're so strict on the Local COVID rules. thing. Well, but the highlight for me was we went to the Breckenridge Brewery. Nice. Which is an iconic. That's a great. Yeah. That's an iconic brewery. And it was really cool that's to fun. have those beers, like, to do be able to do the flight with some of those Really yeah. iconic Breckenridge beers, which which was really very neat. very cool, man. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you had a chance to to get away. I think a good reminder for all of us to you know take some time. Jeez, just thanks to wait and just go. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Bloom. Thank you, buddy. We'll do it again next week. Thanks to our uh, sponsor, Mechdyne, for all of their great support of everything that we do here at Cyclone Fanatic in general. They're just. Um, God, they're good people. Good people. We appreciate Chris Clover and all the folks at MacDine. With that, we'll let English take you guys out here on your Monday, likely listening to this on Monday afternoon or your Tuesday morning. Be safe out there. Stay home if you can. Later. Later.